0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
1: Awesome, awesome. What a day the Lord has created today. If everybody would get their Bibles, we're going to open to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. But before we open and break open the bread of life, let me just invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we can see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put love into action. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. O come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, that we shall be created, and that we shall be lights of the world that lead to you. O Holy Spirit, give us the words to share, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear that we may be instruments in the hands of God for the salvation of souls and the renewal of this world. In Jesus' most precious name we pray, amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And Cameron, do you mind give us a little gospel love this morning? I would
2: love to. Again, we're in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further saying, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. You know, as you read the first sentence, once again I circled, you know, Behold the Lamb of God. And it has to do with our Christmas light drive through where we always do the about 800,000 lights. It's the life of Christ in lights. And the Lord keeps prompting me that this coming year for Christmas in 2023, it's a story of the nativity scene of Jesus Christ, but it's promises made, promises kept. And one of those promises is this Lamb of God. We have to go back to the story of Abraham. If remember, Abraham was challenged to sacrifice his only son, this son he just ached for. And without hesitation, obedient to the Lord, he invited his son to take the wood on his back. It represents Christ to, to us today that he took the, the cross on his back and they went up the mountain and he made the altar to God and was used the wood for the fire and prepared to sacrifice his own son until an angel stopped him. And at that moment, Abraham proclaimed the truth, a promise that God would provide the lamb. And you see, after that scene, he finds a ram, not a lamb, caught up in the brush, and he sacrifices that to God. But that promise was made that God would provide the lamb. You see, the Jewish culture, the, the high priest every year would lay his hand upon a lamb with no broken bones, and that symbolized that all the sin of all the people for the whole year will be transferred through that high priest to the lamb, and they would sacrifice the lamb. Well, that's the lamb that John was talking about when he said, behold the lamb, because our sins are transferred into that promised lamb, promised to Abraham, back in that scene, that promise is kept in Jesus Christ. Because all of our sins, all the punishment due sins, everything was put upon that true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and he freely, willingly allowed his life to be taken so that we may have the abundant life and rejoin him forever in eternity in heaven. He is the Lamb of God. And I find it fascinating that after this occurs, and the Jewish culture knew this, that those sacrifices of those lambs, that would end. Well, guess what? It ended. They don't do that anymore. They don't go to the temple. They don't sacrifice the lamb anymore. Why? Again, the true lamb from God, Jesus Christ, came to take on our sin, to take on the punishment of sin, to pay the ultimate price, do us. He paid with his very life.
2: Wow. And when I think about the lamb... 'm i 'm currently uh learning more about the Moravians and the Moravians um, if you don 't know, they had like a hundred years of praise and worship and prayer meetings uh, like twenty four seven for a hundred years and One of the things they would do is different people in their community they would send them out as missionaries and sometimes they would send them out like on a boat to you know go travel the world and tell people about Jesus and, and preach the gospel. And as they're letting these people go, who the community, good chances, they're never going to see that person again. Uh, so the family's standing there. And one of the things they would always shout to people till they couldn't see or hear them anymore, they would say, worthy is the lamb who was slain.
0: Mm.
2: Like we're do- we're doing this for a purpose. This is because he is worthy of it. So this, behold the Lamb of God, like, there's also re- a reward for the Lamb. And we get to play a part in that every day. Yeah, I, one of my prayers is that he gets to see his full reward for yeah. what he did. Um, but the next, the next piece of this um, says, but, so John says, but the reason why I came baptizing with water... Was that he might be made known. And I have to ask the question why do we do what we do? I think we can learn from John's example. He says the reason why is that he might be made known. So it doesn't matter what we're doing, we can point everything that we do to a place that he might be made known. And maybe it's because somebody asks you, maybe somebody never asks you, maybe you just got to play a little bit of a role in their life that day and God has them on a journey and it's gonna be the next person that they ask the question to. That's okay too. But we get to do everything that we do for a reason that he might be made known.
1: Mm. And that's so important because he was being made known to all of Israel. When we go to work, do people come to know Christ because of the way we speak, act, our facial expressions? I mean, we're always on point as a signpost that should point to Christ in all we do. I did nothing. He did everything. When I get an inspiration like I did this morning, that inspiration isn't of my own mind. It was whispered to me. The word inspiration, to inspire, means in spiritos. The Holy Spirit gave us an idea. That we're supposed to do something or, or create something or whatever it is. So I want my whole life in everything I go through to be a signpost that points to Him. And I remember a father two weeks ago asking at the New Year's Mass, What are you grateful for for last year? And different people said, oh, I have 11 things and I have this and I have that. And I'm sitting there thinking, Huh, infinitesimal. I'm grateful every morning when I wake up that I have a breath, that I have my health, that I have my wife, have my children. I got through about a 30, 40 minute prayer of thanksgiving, thanking God for everything I'm grateful for. And when I was done that sitting in the pew, I hear that still quiet voice ask me a question, are you grateful for the trial that I'm putting you through right now? And I went, oh man, you know what? This is the most difficult walk of my life. But you know what, Father, I am grateful because I know out of this, you're going to create a good Because we have to go through our trials, our tests, in order for us to have testimonies. So then God can use us to help others. And when we help others, what do we do? Just like John does here. We point to him. It's not John. John was doing the baptism not to be a hero. That's right. He was doing it as a sign to do what? Point people to Christ, to the true Lamb of God.
2: Ah, Yeah, so good. And, And so the Spirit comes down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. And then again, it talks about uh, the one who told me, on whoever you see the Spirit come down and remain. So both times here it says and remain. This isn't just trying to paint the picture here. Like we have opportunities for the Spirit to touch us, and we have other opportunities where we have the opportunity for the Spirit to come upon us and remain with us, Mm. right? Like, if somebody's going to be with you all the time, I think you do things, it's like, you have to do things with every step in mind that the Spirit is on me, as opposed to like, well, I can turn it on here for a minute and step into this, and then He can go, and I can... I can go do what I want. He wants to remain with us. He wants to be, he wants to have a conversation with you while you're in the shower, on your way to work, when you're in your meeting, when you're having your checking your emails, whatever it is, it's the, the idea of remaining is, okay, I am going to keep my mind tuned to the fact that he wants to remain here. So with our hearts, we get to invite him in, and we get to continually, I don't know, nurture that relationship of, hey, I know you're still here with me. I want to talk with you. I want to just be around your presence. I want to spend this time with you.
1: And oh, that's so good. It's right here in Scripture because tuning our ears spiritually that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is so critical because John says, you know, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. Well, the one who told him is God the Father through the Holy Spirit. So we need to be open to the promptings of the Spirit and take quiet time because, you know, elsewhere in scripture says, you know what, God's not in the lightning, He's not in the volcanic eruption, He's not in this, He's not in the wind. It's the quiet, He's the still quiet voice. I know. For me, I'll get my promptings when I go to mass every morning. I'll get my promptings when I sit in prayer in the first hour or so, hour and a half of the morning, and I'm, you know, doing my prayer time. And I listen. I'll get these promptings, these little nudges. Well, that's what John's telling us here. He was told to do this. Who told him? Well, it came from God the Father. It was that in spiritos, that spirit of the Father that whispered that to him. So for me, I always want to be in tune spiritually. So guess what? Every morning. As I do my morning prayer, I said, Father, give me the ears to hear your voice and the grace to be obedient to your every utterance. Give me the spiritual eyes to see and a heart to be opened that I may respond to what I see with love. That prayer, God answers every day. It's so important for us. Because you know, one time somebody said, well, you know, that courage is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, I didn't know that. So now I pray for courage. Courage. Every morning. It's part of my prayer. I pray for all the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon me. Why? So that I can use those gifts to be an instrument in the hand of God of the salvation of souls. You can ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and knowledge and counsel and discernment, and you can ask for all these gifts to be poured out upon you. But a key is the motive of your heart is to be used to be a blessing to others to be used as an instrument in the salvation of souls.
2: That's so precious. And it reminds me, I think we've talked about it on here before too, especially early on in that uh, relationship journey with Jesus. If if you're not confident of his voice yet, do it by faith. Like, Lord, I feel like you're bringing this person to my mind. I hope it might not be you, it might be you, but I'm calling them and I'm just letting you know I'm doing this by faith. Listen, it's, a, it, it's the heart that he's looking at. Yeah. So I, I don't think you have to have these profound moments of, thus saith the Lord in my life, I, I need to go and do this thing. It, I think sometimes it's like, Lord, I'd hate to miss this. I think this is you... It checks out with your word. It doesn't contradict anything, right? right? Do that heart check. But there's some times where it's, I know it sounds simple, right? Pick up a piece of trash in a parking lot. Like, uh, I don't want to walk back there and pick it up. You know what, Lord, If I'm doing this because I feel like that's you, and I want to be an obedient son to you, right? It's those simple things. And I, I think it's okay to talk to a father in a way of, I think I heard you there. Uh, I don't want to miss it, so I'm I'm going to do this in obedience. But understand, I'm doing it. So, what you're also doing there is a kid saying to his dad, "You're saying I, I want to be in communion with you. I want to hear you. I want I want you to keep speaking to me, and just know it could you could try to guide me with your eyes, and I might not get it perfect, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be in tune. I'm gonna be in lockstep with you, and I'm gonna be obedient.
1: You know my God's pet name for me is knucklehead. He tells me it's a term of endearment, because I don't know about you, but like picking up the trash. There are times, especially even after leaving church, where I'm walking and I saw it on the way in and said, I'll get that on the way out. And I'm walking on the way out, but now I'm heading to my car and I look over and I see it. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, there's no way God told me to pick that up. Yeah. And I walk past it. And I get maybe three steps down and he's like, excuse me, are you going to pick that up? Is the... And then again, it's not an audible voice. Yeah. It's just a little prompting in my heart. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh, man, God, is that you? Do you <laughs> really want me to go back yeah. and pick that up? And I said, I'd like you to. And it's like, when we do those little things of obedience, mm-hmm. we get that little <gasps> aha moment of joy, yeah. that reward that money can't buy. And I think it's so important for us to understand, when Jesus says, unless you become like one of these little ones, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, we can experience the kingdom of heaven throughout our day, every day, every time we unconditionally love. When we're obedient in those moments, and we go back and pick up that piece of trash, it's God's earth. Right. He wants it to look good. And we're participating in that cleanup effort, and we get those little aha moments of joy. It's like, wow, I'm in the flow of the Spirit. I'm in that divine intimacy. Yeah. Um, my ears are open. Yep. And then, of course, they can get plugged up real quick with sure. news and nonsense and... Boy, Lord, keep me, keep me every day <laughs> filled and alert because, again, we're in a growth. We're walking. We're sojourners. This is not our home. Our home is heaven Yeah, eternally, but the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So yeah. one day, one step, don't miss the trash.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And, and the more we kind of adopt this lifestyle of, of remaining with Him, you build these testimonies and then there's times where something that you went through and the Lord was a part of it, he'll, he can bring those things back to your memory to remind us of something like, <clears throat> we we kind of started this part of the conversation with, you know, when the Lord's prompting me to reach out to somebody and it's like, well, Lord, I, I think it's you, I'll reach out to them, but you know, I'm doing this because I'm trying to be obedient to your prompting here. But oftentimes, the way I know it's his voice, um, he'll kind of remind me of a scenario when somebody reached out to me at a hard time. Mm. And because I have that history with him, because it's an everyday thing, huh. right? This isn't yeah. just on Sundays. This isn't just once a month. Because it's every day, I remember those times when somebody reached out to me and I needed it. And he doesn't remind me of that every second of every day, but there's times where he's been nudging me, and I maybe haven't had my ears open that day about reaching out to somebody, and then finally, by the end of the day, where things are quiet and you know, kids are in bed and you're kind of finishing up the day with the Lord, he'll remind me of that. And instantly, I know when he reminds me of remember that time when that person called you and it's like, "Oh Lord, I've been missing this all day. It's been so gentle. Thank you for not letting right. me miss it and one just happened recently, and it's a friend a friend of mine from I played basketball in college. I was roommates with him. We were in each other's weddings best buds he he uh, uh, passed away this year from cancer, and that day I was thinking about his younger sister in college, he also lost his father, so that day I was thinking about his sister and we stay in touch but it was, I was being reminded throughout the day, and then at the end of the day, it was kind of heavier. So I reached out to her. Well, I didn't realize the timing of things, but it happened to be the 16 week anniversary of her brother and the 16 year anniversary of her father. And yeah, she was having a hard day. And then we just texted for a while. And we kind of resolved it with, you know, because there's so many good stories and so thankful to be a part of uh, their lives. And we, we kind of resolved it with, there's so much joy when you think about these stories, but joy doesn't always feel like laughter. And I think that brought some comfort and healing into my life. And it brought some comfort and healing into her life. But the whole thing started with, I can remember that morning, the Lord knew that that conversation had to take place and he started the promptings. So, yeah.
1: It's beautiful. And again, for me, this whole idea that God is choosing to use us every day in all situations to be a light in the world, to point to him in all we do, the more we respond to that calling, the more God gives us. It really comes down to a heart of gratitude. Just thanking God throughout the day, staying in communion, common union with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it makes it like your life every day is a great adventure. I mean, again, I've repeated this ditty so many times. So many people get caught up in the past. And Father George in Ethiopia told me, David, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. It's a trap of the enemy meant to rob and steal The gift of the present moment. Don't go there. God doesn't live in the past. We're called to learn from what happened in the past. But then as my other spiritual director, Monsignor Esso, says, David, let it be buried. Every time you dig up the past, it stinks. So don't live in the past. Don't go back in the past. It's dead and buried. Stop the insanity. The next one's the future. And Father George said to me, David, the future's in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. It's the what if roller coaster ride. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if he gets elected? What if she says this? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if China does this? What if that? Stop the insanity. It's another trap of the enemy to rob and steal the gift of the present moment. David, the present moment was given to you by God for you to open and live in love. That little nugget, ladies and gentlemen, has allowed me to live a great adventure, even through the toughest of times, every day of my life. I am in awe and wonder. I am like, wow. I see heavenly kisses. I see God moments. I see divine appointments. And I get, a lo- I get through a lot of tests and a lot of trials and tribulation. But you know what? At the end of the day, I say, thank you, Father, for choosing to use me, me in this situation to bring people to you.
2: Yeah. It's amazing, uh, yeah. It's humbling. Um, twice in this passage that we read today, uh, it it says, "I did not know him," and then later down it says, "I did not know him." But it starts with John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him, and said. L- later on, it says, "I didn't know him. I didn't know him." So back to the first line: John the Baptist saw Jesus coming. Do we see Jesus coming? Do we see Jesus when He shows up in a situation? Do we have I? It's saying I didn't know Him. I didn't know Him. I saw Him coming. Well, how? <laughs> I mean, it's not like He had His Facebook page or His printout of His shirt. It it, it was a spiritual thing that happened. But to say I don't know Him. I I, I didn't know Him. I didn't know Him. But He saw Him coming. It, it's the It's the eyes that. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him in a situation. I don't know how he's going to show up in this situation, but I'm telling you, I'm looking for him because I know he said he's going to meet me here. I know he's going to come. I, I don't know where. I don't know what it looks like. Actually, I have some ideas of what it looks like, and it's probably going to be different than that. I don't know what, how this took place, but it's, it's interesting. In just five verses, it reminds us, I didn't know him. I didn't know him but I saw him coming towards me. It's like, whoa. It makes you think of John as a human. Okay, uh, I'm here to proclaim, right? I'm here to say, behold, the Lamb of God. I'm here to say, this is the guy. This is the father told me. This is how it's going to play out. I would think his imagination at some point had to wonder, okay, what's it going to look like when he shows up that day? What, what, how am I going to know? Father, I mean, you gave me these prophecies and you gave me these things to confirm it, but like, I bet it happens like this. I bet, I, you know, maybe I'm going to be in a deep dream and he's going to come and he's going to interpret my dream. Or I, It's like, ha, ha, no, that's not how it happened. He just saw him coming. And his immediate response was, boom, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I don't know if he saw it playing out that way or not, but he had eyes to see when the moment came.
1: But key is he had ears to hear, spiritual, because it says right here that I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told that's right. me. That same one that told him that, told him that's the Lamb of God. That's right. That's having spiritual ears to hear. You know, and again, for me, I love stories. And every day for me is a journey with the Lord. I invite the Father along. I try to do that every day because it's, it's awesome when he comes along with you. So I go up in our train. We have an 1860s train with cars. I slip and I fall down the steps. The steps were wet. Grab hold of the rail, booger up my hand, blood coming out. And I land on my back, big, huge black and blue mark. I slide to the bottom of the steps. But thank God, I hold on to the rail. So I get up and I'm walking walking down the train platform and I said, okay, God, what was I to learn from this? And I hear that still quiet voice, David, you fell so others wouldn't. Wow. Because we have a lot of old people getting on the train. Right. And I said immediately to the guys, put that anti-skid stripping on. Right. Because they're always out there, snow, rain. Yep. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Father. Although it hurt, it was used for a purpose, to point people to you. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be out there as lights in the world, voices for our Lord, spiritual ears, spiritual eyes. God bless you. Have a great day.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.